Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's Invisible Not Broken. So this week, I finally got my co-host back. He'd been gone for a while, and he came back with a ton of information about disability and travel. So he and I go over some of our tips, some of our hints, and some of our serious frustrations with travel and disability. I hope you enjoy. So I finally got my co-host back after he was gone for freaking ever. I missed him so much. And we are back today to talk about disability and travel because he ran away from me for like, what was it, three weeks? I was only gone two weeks. Give me a break. So lonely. Missed him so much. Oh, whatever. (laughs) She's helpless without me. You just know this. I'm left alone too long. (laughs) I start losing social skills by the minute. (laughs) Not that you had a whole lot to start with. No, which is even more important to be socialized. <laughs> and pretty soon I'll be completely feral. Yeah. All right. So um, I did go on a trip. Um, it was a crazy whirlwind trip with my husband. Um, he had to travel for work and I tagged along. Oh, poor baby. World's tiny violin right I know, there. I know. So over the course of two weeks, we went, we were in London for two days, a town called Basel, Switzerland, which is right on the fr- border with France for two days. Then we went to Sweden, and we were in a little town called Uppsala for one day. Then the next day, we went down to Stockholm. Then the next day, we went and we flew back to London, and we stayed at the hotel right at the airport Heathrow there in London. Then the next day, we flew to Mumbai and stayed at (laughs) – when we got in there, it was so late, we stayed at the – airport hotel in Mumbai. Oh my God. Then got up the next day and drove three hours to the little town called Pune that we were in, in India. So any of your other Spoonies feel like you need a nap just after hearing <laughs> this explanation? Cause Oh my God. Yeah. That was the four nights in a row of one night per hotel was the worst of it because you travel all day. You, you know, get to your hotel, you crash, you get up next day, you leave your bags with the, concierge and you go do stuff because your flight's not until later in the day mm-hmm. and so you're walking around all this time uh-huh so we're gonna like totally circle back to all this but you should remind everyone who might have just joined us or is new to dealing with us what you're dealing with okay so the problems that i deal with um i have peripheral neuropathy in my left foot and it's now started to occur in my right foot i've had because equality. Six, yes. I've had six surgeries on my left foot for a crushed nerve, which still hurts quite a bit. Um, I have torn the meniscus in my left knee that has never healed right. And I have a borderline, um, somewhere between a severe lactose intolerance and a medium dairy allergy. It's somewhere in that range. Dairy makes me sick. Very, very sick. Which makes it so much fun for you to travel to oh. all these places. <laughs> Especially places where you don't speak the language. Uh, yeah, didn't even think of that. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I actually blogged every day that I was gone. Yep. Um, and it's going to be going up onto our blog on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I'm going to serialize because um, I was gone for 14 days. So I'm going to do a day on each one. So like Tuesday will be one day. Thursday will be the next day. The following Tuesday will be the third day, so on and so yeah, forth. Yeah, so we're going to It'll all be on there. series. And hey, all of you Spoonies out there, why don't you tweet at us or comment on his blog on your own travel stories. Yes. And your experiences in other countries, in this country, um, this country, like if we have an international audience, sorry, here in the United States. Yes. Um, also, if you want to send us some of your tips, some of the ways that you've made travel possible, we would yeah. love to hear from you all. Yeah, I'm going to be talking about a lot of the things that I've learned over time of traveling that work really well for me. Um, so definitely, yeah, let me know what other things you have. Um, so because yeah, this poor bear was like running all <laughs> over the world on these poor little sad paws, which I am looking at one right now that yeah. looks massive. I mean, yeah, he's still I'm, swollen. I'm still swollen. <laughs> um, but so there's a thing here in the U.S. and I, I, I know that some of the EU countries have them out as well. Um, that's something similar. We have something called global entry. It's a thing where you. Um, fill out a form and you have to go to like here we when I went to SFO for an interview yeah. and they basically do a background check on you and if you pass it you get this little card and a number and so whenever I travel I enter my little known traveler number and I get something called TSA pre-check okay. which allows me to go to the short line to go through security 
I don't have to take my shoes off. I don't have to take my jacket off. I don't have to pull my laptop out of my bag at most airports. So it saves time going through. I am so jealous because I practically have to go through like strip tees. I should be getting dollar bills for what I have to, when I go in with like my wheelchair. So, and so that's going through, but coming home from overseas is where the global entry really pays off. When you have an entire 747 dump off of people, several hundred people have to go through customs. (gasps) This is magic. So it's a long ass line. But I get to go up a separate line, go up to a little electronic kiosk. I stick my passport in. It scans my passport. No way. It has a little <gasps> touch screen that I answer all the questions on. It takes my picture. It prints out a little receipt. And I walk up and I walk right out. Okay. So tell everyone about how much this, this miracle costs. It costs $200 and it lasts for five years. That is so worth it. Like, it, it is. I you would travel, pay $200 to not stand in that line. <clears throat> exactly. And, it, and, you know, if you travel even once or twice out of the country – to where, you know, it, it pays for itself just in the time you're not standing still in a line like yeah. that. Okay, so we're totally going to link this in yes. our show notes. And it's this actually, it's actually the in best my, advice I've ever heard. I linked it in my blog post, too, so it'll be, it'll be, it's mentioned in there as well. Um, okay, so these were some of the prep things you did before you traveled. Was right. You got that. And then, and then normally, because I know sitting still on a plane for a long period of time, legs swell, stuff like this. Yeah. So I usually wear these, like, up-to-my-knee diabetic socks that are compression socks. Yep. And I know All of us POTS people know the compression yes. stockings. And it's also cold on a plane, so I always get like warm, like thick wool socks to put over top of them. And I had – also, I usually try and change into a pair of sweats for being on the plane. Like I'll go change and come back so that I'm in comfy clothes for traveling. And I had it all sitting on the what dining What would you do with the paparazzi photographing you then? Well, well, so I had it all sitting on our dining room table. <laughs> and the night before we left, we decided to play a board game. So everyone slid down the table. Oh. So then when I packed up to leave the next morning, it was really early. I packed the sweats and left the socks and the diabetic socks sitting on the table. No. Yeah. Because those are not like readily available at Walgreens. Or no. And, and they're, they're sometimes available at the airport, but they, I, the, we were there so early, nothing was open. Oh, that's the worst. So my eight-hour flight to London, I had none of that. <gasps> so by the time you I got to London, like I was... Puffy. I was lucky that in the flight to London, I actually was in... So it was, I was on a 747, so it's three, three, and three. So three seat, three rows, three seats on each side, and then three in the middle. I was in the middle, and I had the entire row to myself. I popped my feet up and slept. <laughs> I got so brilliant. lucky. <laughs> I mean, that was just pure luck. That was just the way it worked out. <clears throat> Excuse me. But <clears throat> um, so I always travel with those because I know that's a big thing. Okay, and so for your um, dairy allergies, were you able to call the flights? So th- that's the next thing I was going to actually talk about. So when I travel, because I have too many times when I've been on a flight and didn't know that they even existed, you can actually, when you uh, make your reservation, you can actually res- ask for vegan, vegetarian, and not every airline has it, though. Oh, okay. So you have to research your airline. Definitely not Spirit Airline. <laughs> no. No, we actually went on one budget airline in, in when we were in Europe, and I can't remember what the name of it was, but EasyJet. And my God, no. Talk about no frills. You had to pay for the soda. Um, you know, for, okay. for a can of soda, it, they, paid, they charged a lot for just a flipping can of soda. But anyway, so uh-huh. um, on our first flight, we were flying United, and they actually um, allow special meals, so I was able to order a vegan meal. You so, flew United? Yes. Wow, brave. <laughs> um, it has to do with um, my husband's frequent flyer miles, and he has uh, gold status. So, Of course. Of course. <laughs> well, you know, when you go to Europe like two, three times a year and go to China once or twice yep. a year, no, he has you, rack those, you rack those miles up pretty fast. I haven't gone to China with him yet. I haven't been that brave to go to China. Um, I, I think for this podcast, you're going to have to sacrifice yourself and go. Maybe. But anyway, so when you get your ticket, you can actually order, if it's available on that airline, you can order the special meals. Um, I know that some of the ones, I think Lufthansa. Oh, Lufthansa. Like, seriously, has, has everyone, like, that is the best airline to fly on. Has <laughs> actually a dairy-free option, not just, yeah. so I can actually have meat still. Yeah. Because that's one thing. I'm not big. I'm I'm not a vegetarian. I'm not a vegan. <laughs> I like my beef. I like my pork. Please I like don't my send chicken. us hate mail. <laughs> Sorry. Um, bad, bad curious. Um, anyway, so yeah, um, you can order special meals on some flights. It's It requires research. But definitely you have to do it beforehand because if you wait till you're on the plane, they're going to go, well, we don't have anything extra than what was given to us. Yeah. So then um, what you can do if it's not available on the flight that you're going on um, – 
most airports these days have a food court. You can take food with you. So find something that's safe in the food court and take it on the plane with you and then just hold on to it and eat it. Yeah, that's what I've always done. I've yeah. always just like... I always tra- I travel with a backpack and that's it. I never yeah. bring anything else. And so I'll just throw like smart water in, coconut water for well, pots. You, you can't do that now. No? Well, you can't. You, you just buy it in once you're through security. Well, yeah, no, once I've gone through security, I go to like the little like bookstores and I yeah. stock up on everything with salt and water. Yes. So um, one of the cool things about traveling um, in Europe yeah. um, with my dairy allergy, it is an EU rule that Every restaurant has to have an allergen menu. So some places it's this big three ring binder that they'll bring out that lists every item on the menu. Wow. And then it'll it has a it's like columns of here's the dairy column. So you can scan down, okay, this all has dairy. This one doesn't. Okay, what's this? What can I have? Um but a lot of the restaurants have gone over to a new system where <clears throat> when you look at the actual menu, Underneath the name of whatever the item is, there's a series of numbers. And at the bottom of the um, page, it lists what those are. Like, so seven means it contains dairy. So I can look down through the menu. Anything with seven I know is not safe for me. And it's just super quick scan. Okay, so this, 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 this. I don't have to do this back and forth with the kitchen and try and figure things out. It's just quick and easy. Um, We went out in London to this place. (laughs) We had a hard time finding a place to eat in London because... My dairy allergy and Uh David's coworker who was with us, my husband's coworker who was with us, is a Hindu vegetarian. So we had to find this place that had both dairy-free and vegetarian food, which you'd think would be easy, but it wasn't. Yeah, I, I mean, I could see in San Francisco, that's not a problem. You're, you're set. But I can see where that, that could be an issue to find Because we, we looked at a couple places, and it's like, oh, they don't have any vegetarian options. They had stuff I could eat, but no vegetarian options. They had, sometimes they had lots of vegetarian options, but there was nothing on there that I could eat. So did you have the same problem that you've had before where you're walking around to all these different restaurants? So um, we did like, some research okay. online before we walked. We had two yeah, or three options. Four like everything. But we were also in a really, we were in a part of London that there were like, I'd say within five blocks, probably 30 restaurants. Oh my God. So we were in a a very centrally located part of London. So that wasn't a problem for there. But anyway, so um, yeah, that was the other thing about being in Europe Um, and actually traveling pretty much anywhere. Expect to do a lot of walking. Because Americans getting in their car and driving to the grocery store, driving to do this, driving to that, that's not how the rest of the world operates. Yeah. You know, I mean, the rest of the world is very much walk here, walk there, walk here, walk there. Um, Which is lovely when you can... When you can do that. Yeah. So, to, and I know this is going to come up in the... uh, I'll go into more detail on this (laughs) in the blog post. And y'all are going to have to forgive us. Kira's just got back. This is how much he loves you all. Like he is on no sleep. And um, yeah, so we're going to do our best to power through, but he is tired. I am still very tired. Yes. Um, But when we were in Sweden, um, David's coworkers there in Sweden wanted to go out to dinner with Mm -hmm. us. And when he said he wanted to walk there, I'm like, how far is it? He's like, it's like five minutes or so, five, 10 minutes walk. And I'm like, Okay, I can I can maybe do that. Mm-hmm. And we walked down into this really cool old part of the city there in um, Basel, and it's all a, a pedestrian area. So okay. it's this big open pedestrian area, beautiful area. And we walked past this restaurant and around and down by the river and then back up and around, back to this restaurant. We walked past like very early on in our trip. And I'm like, this is where we're eating? We walked all this extra way, and I told you, like, I'm, like, in pain here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could have stayed here while you guys went and did the rest of the walking. So that was a, that was a, and then it was all downhill. So then when we were done, I had to walk back uphill to get to the hotel. So, like, <gasps> nope, we're not doing this. We cut ah. the, the, um, the um, little uh, train that runs through town to get back up Ooh, the hill. Because I wasn't going to, no. Mm, nope. <laughs> I've actually taken a cab for a block because my legs just did not do it anymore. Uh, yeah. I've had, I've actually had cabs tell me no when I tried to do that. I'm like, I'm only going to block up there. I'm like, no, I'm not taking you. <laughs> I, I have Bambi eyes. It tends yes. to work really well. You're Bambi eyes and boobs. You're a woman. Yeah, exactly. Very well. <laughs> very much true right there. Um, so, uh, I spent the days after London, uh, because I was so swollen when I got into London, I, for the next couple of days, I just pretty much spent, with my feet up, trying to get, you know, the swelling to go down, trying to get the pain to go down. 
and only going out when I absolutely positively needed to. Um, and uh, <clears throat> also made it across the street to the uh, Boots, which is their equivalent of CVS, because in England you can get uh, acetaminophen with codeine over the counter. <sighs> <laughs> no, I just I just had to do a 45 minute drive yesterday to go to my pain clinic to get drug tested for $400 they were charging me for drug tests mm-hmm. so I could get my Vicodin. That's how it, and you got to just go to a drugstore. Yeah, well, <sighs> I, I I don't use it that often, but I know that it's getting harder and harder to get. So, since I was at a place where I could do that, I took advantage of that fact and it'll last me, I mean, that one box will last me probably a year. So I don't go through them that often because I, I resist taking them. There are many times that I should take them and I don't. <gasps> I'm just going to sit here and glare at you. It's fine. I know. I know. <laughs> um, so the other thing that I recommend wholeheartedly. Um, oh, no. I have a question for you first okay. before we go off nope, on the I didn't season. Do it. All your fault. Always your fault. Um, did you did you notice? Because I know there's so like I get attitude from my pharmacy to pick up my prescribed Vicodin. Was there? Did you notice any sort of issues with getting your Vicodin? Was there? Was it when I was easy? in London? Yeah, when you were in London. No, literally, easy? it is on the the count. It's it's and on the shelf, and you just walk up, you pick it up, you walk up to the counter and pay for it. I mean, that was so no like attitude or anything. Mm-hmm. You just seriously, all of you over in England, like sponsor me so I can go move there. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, I mean it's 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 you know. I think it's a lower dosage than what we would normally get in your Vicodin here. Yeah. Well, especially my Vicodin. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, it, it it works much better than the standard acetaminophen for me, which does zero. Well, and also you're, like, going so far above your normal exercise capacity. Like, you're walking around on poor little <laughs> yeah, poor little broken well, paws. If I had not forgotten the diabetic socks and my warm socks yeah. – where I, if I'd gotten into London and not been in bad shape, mm-hmm. it would have been a lot better off. That was my own screw up because I thought I packed them. And then when I got on the plane, I'm like, <laughs> they're not here. Where are they? At least you didn't forget your passport. No, th- th- no, <laughs> th- that's happened once. I think one of the three of us forgot and left it home and our housekeeper who house sits for us and we're gone, went home, got it and brought it back to us. Cause we had, it was an international flight. So we had to be there two hours early. Oh yeah. Anyway, another thing, that, that I do to take care of me when I'm traveling is I will look up in any city I'm in a place to get a massage. Mm, massage right. you like those massage and spa, spa days. I know they're not as good for you with your problem, but for me with my feet, you know, my feet and my knee and my back, you know, like sitting in that plane or sitting cooped up getting places, my back gets as, as my feet start to hurt more, I tense up the rest of my body. And so then I get, wherever I'm going and my whole body is like crunch. Um, so I do take, take advantage of massage and spa days. Um, something that, um, the, the next thing I wanted to talk about was something I discovered a couple years ago. Now, when we went to Italy, we were in, we went through Istanbul and mm. I got to the airport in Istanbul and I was in so much pain by the time we got there. Cause it was another 16 hour flight. Mm-hmm. And um, the lady at the counter saw me limping. She was like, are you okay, hon? And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm in agony. I can barely walk. And I didn't know that airports pretty much worldwide, if they're a decent-sized airport, have complimentary wheelchair service. You didn't know this? No, I did not know this. Oh. So on this trip, when we got – where was it? I forget which step stop it was. I think it was when we got back to London after going through Switzerland and Sweden, I was not doing well. And the lady in London looked at me and she goes, hon, you're not looking well. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I was leaning on her, ca- her, on, her <laughs> on her counter, like about to fall down. And she said, that's it. I'm getting you a wheelchair. So she, you know, told me to go like to the next booth there where there was the wheelchairs, sat down. They wheeled me down to, I mean, it was a good long ways oh, yeah. to the, to the gate from there. And they wheeled me the whole way, got me right onto the plane. Poor, poor David was practically running to keep up with the guy because the guy was like <laughs> hauling ass. Bye. And so I did not know this was a thing. It's not. It doesn't cost anything. So if you have any kind of mobility issues, you know, where you know, even I mean, I could have walked it. I would have been in agony the whole way. I did not know that I could just say, "Hey, you know, I need." And they had already set up for me. So when I got to the, my destination, yeah. they were there with a the wheelchair to get me off the plane, take me to the lounge. Yeah. 
And, you know, they put me in the lounge while I was waiting. And then they came to get me in the lounge and took me to my gate. And it was really nice. No, you, you got a real... I, I flew a airline that, you know... Rhymes with ignited, and uh, <laughs> the, the wheelchair situation was um, it, it was laughable and horrible. <laughs> but yes, you absolutely can do that, and you should never not do that. Don't ever be embarrassed to do that. You have enough spoons you're going to be spending just in travel. Right. So, how did you handle being on the flight for that long? What's your What's your secret for surviving <laughs> sixteen hour flight? Well, so this trip, I, I had it was only a ten hour flight to London the first time. Oh, was that all? Yes. Yeah. It was the flight home that was the sixteen-hour flight. That's right, but still, I mean, ten hours. Like, how did you? How did you manage to keep your muscles okay? And- um, I, what I do is I do a lot of flexing of my legs and my feet. Um, I make sure I get up and walk around a little bit because get the blood flow going, so it's not just yeah. all pooling in your feet. And like I said, I got lucky this time that I could like stretch out and sleep. So I laid. I got my elevated my feet some so I could like get them to swelling to go down. I, I always feel bad. Like, so how, you're, what are you, you're over six foot, right? I am six two. Yeah. So like, I am a pocket size person. Mm-hmm. And so like on planes, that's no big deal. Like I can sit in sardine class and still be pretty comfortable. I can't imagine what it's like for you to like <laughs> be on a plane, even like business or class. Like, yeah, yeah even, even in business class, you know, it, they say, you know, oh, put your one bag above and put one bag under the seat. If I put anything under the seat, I got no leg room. Yeah. Um, and I try and always get, because it's my left knee that's, that's bad. I always try and get the aisle seat on the right hand side of the plane. That way I can stretch my leg out into the aisle if I need to, if it's like once the plane's up and moving. Um, and that's what, what I do to try and mitigate some of my problems. Um, I have, I remember one time I did fly United coming back from New York (laughs) and the, the gap between seats was so narrow that, my knees were digging into the seat in front of me the entire trip. I got Ow. off. I got off the flight, and I literally had um, grooves in my leg from the the thing on the back that you they put all the yeah. magazines in. I had grooves for two hours before it finally got rid of them. As much as my son makes fun of me for being short, it has its advantage. It does. <laughs> but even it. so, even in business class, I've been in lay flat seats in yeah. business class before, and they give you a little like pocket. Excuse me, pocket for your feet. Yeah. And if I put my head all the way against the wall and my feet in the little pocket, I still have to scrunch. I still have to bend my knees and scrunch. It's not. I I just yeah. can't imagine. I, and I'll just be very grateful for my like little tiny status. <laughs> I mean, both my husband and I are small, short people. And like when we travel, it's never, yeah. that's not our problem. We have many other problems when traveling, but not that. <laughs> um. So, yeah, I um, the so way I deal with flexing? it is I, I I flex. I get up and walk around. Um, I'm a very sociable person anyway. You know this. No, not at all. He's so, not. No, don't. He's an introvert. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so I will get up usually and go stand in the alley and the galley and talk to the flight attendants. Mm-hmm. And you know, since I'm also an author, it's a great chance to just kind of casually drop into conversations that I'm an author and, Oh really? What do you write? I write science fiction. Oh wow. I like science fiction. What do you like? Oh, I just happen to have bookmarks in my bag. <laughs> yeah. And do you notice how he like RuPaul just like <laughs> pushed his own books right there, which I'm all for. He, he's a great writer. <laughs> but it, 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 I've actually made plenty of book sales. Cause I mean, not only do the flight attendant, but usually there's other passengers in yeah. there and they're like, Ooh, so I hand out, you know, on any given flight, I'll hand out two or three bookmarks. And if even one of those turns into a sale, that's one more sale I got on my books. And, if they like it, they may tell their friends about it, you know, and then I, then I have fans all over the world. Hey, I, you know, it's. He'll start <laughs> passing out things for the podcast too soon. <laughs> yes, yes. Actually, we've been talking about doing stuff for the podcast. <laughs> we are. So if you guys have any wonderful ideas for us, we are definitely needing help with marketing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's how I handle the long flights is I try and move around. I try and, you know, not stay still because the, the worst thing you can do on a long flight is stay still because mm. your blood starts to go to your feet and pool there. Mm-hmm. And that's when you can get like those wonderful deep vein thrombosis things and all those. And <gasps> Sounds neat, but no, yes. <laughs> yeah, no, you don't want to do that. Um, and so the flexing, the stand up, walk around a little bit. Um, yeah. Yeah. Those that's why you do it. Um, Sounds much healthier than my way. I usually take 
a pill and a glass of wine. And pass out. I sleep for the ton. Yeah. We had one flight that we'd always take to Paris, and it was this flight that would land at 10 in the morning in Paris. Mm-hmm. So, like, right when you hit, like, Midwest, like, come back a glass of wine, a sleeping pill, and I'd wake up, like, when the plane landed. See, that's the, the problem I have with that is one of the things I don't really talk about that I have is it's kind of an invisible illness that it, it – I mean, in the last 10 years, I've only ever had two attacks. So I have chronic bronchitis. If I get a head cold and it gets into my chest, I will, I sound like, uh, you know. You sound like my pug is what that is. Yeah. And so I can't really sleep on my back. So I I, I am very nervous about sleeping on a plane Mm. because if I go like this and fall asleep with my head back, I can get phlegm into my chest and then I'm... Miserable. So I try and only do it where I can like make sure that I'm in a position where that won't happen. Okay, so so far we have some really great tips on how to get through lines <laughs> by um, Global Entry TSA yes, Project. And how you will absolutely want to take advantage of the free wheelchair. Definitely, definitely. And how to survive a long plane flight. Also about pre ordering food if you have pre-ordering any pre ordering food uh, allergies. We so actually we're this down for you. on one of my on one of my um flights there was actually a guy that had a pretty severe peanut allergy. Yeah, when am I sure that says peanuts? We yes. need to make sure that this is. I said peanuts. Yeah, you did. It just it didn't okay. look like I was going to go there. Sorry. <laughs> Pretty severe peanut allergy. And they actually said they went to all the people that were within like five, ten seats of him uh-huh. and told everyone. Yeah. So if you have anything, please don't get it out. Please, you know, this person's super, super sensitive to it. Please, we're not handing out any peanuts in this section. We're only handing out peanuts like halfway plane back. Yep. So, you know, I thought it was cool that the flight attendants did that. They were super aware, aware of it. Because, like, I don't think people realize it's not just ingesting it. If yes. the oil gets on their hands, if yes. it's, like, airborne, like, you know, these watch, are, like, watch no, going to the bathroom, no you know, because you get it on the, the handle, you know, kind of thing. Seriously. Like, I didn't get it until my kids went to school and there was a little girl who was deathly allergic to peanuts. And I was like, why is this so extreme? Like, just don't give her a peanut sandwich. And, boy, was I educated and schooled on that. And now I, I'm feel very bad i was so ignorant but yeah it's it's a serious thing that's really cool so okay now you're in london yes you do were you using any canes or any walking aids so i took my walk stool with me which is a little thing that i i found on amazon we will link we will link it's a really cool it's a it's a little tripod that folds down into about a foot tall um and then it has a like a, it's a tripod with a web top to sit on, and it folds down into this little one foot long, about you know what four inch diameter um, thing, and it has a little backpack, so you can wear it wherever you go. Brilliant! You just open it, pop it out, it, the legs extend, and you turn in, you open, you take the Velcro off so that it can expand. You've got an instant seat wherever you go. Okay. And I use that um, a lot when I'm traveling. I, I used it a couple times in airports pri- prior to getting the wheelchairs going, because you know if we're gonna. We're sitting in line to load onto the plane, and I'm sitting there like, oh, God, this is going to be forever. I'll just <laughs> pop that out. Um, so um, one of the things I did want to talk about was so the wheelchairs. Um, I've been to Mumbai before. We went last year. And I knew going from the airplane, Mumbai has a really, really weird um, customs. Okay. So you have to apply for a visa before you go. Then when, and you have to print it out. So you have to do an e-visa, which is an online visa, but then you have to actually print it out and take it with you. Don't ask me. That doesn't make sense. But you go through customs both going into the country and leaving the country. All right. And there are long lines for this. And I'm like, oh, I'll walk. I told the guy I'll walk. And he's like, no, no, they, they request this for you. Please sit. Sit. Yeah. So I did sit. And this guy really, I mean, he... I thought the guy in London was fast. This guy was had David. David was just drenched in sweat by the time we got <laughs> up there because. But, oh, David. But the line that we went to was just for people in wheelchairs, and so it was a shorter line. Mm-hmm. But there was only one person manning the thing, so it was it time wise was about the same. It took us an hour to get through customs. Wow. Yeah. Which, if I'd been standing that whole time. Yeah. No. Yeah. So when you're walking around in like London, um, did you notice other disabled people? Did you like, is it the missing like it is kind of out um, here or did you notice people in wheelchairs? I didn't How really, was the, I didn't the really notice any, I mean, cause I thought about this. So I was looking for people with disability. I didn't notice anybody in London, um, in 
both Switzerland and Sweden, I saw a couple of people, but and they just you know were using like the little rollator type things, the the ones that have a seat. Yeah, um, I saw a couple of those, but that was it. Um, what I was really curious about was India, since India has such a large population, um, and I saw people basically crawling in some places. It was really weird Jeez. to see. You know, this person's pretty obviously disabled, and they're crawling around. But you know, that's the the poverty level. I looked it up, and I mean. Granted, David pointed out to me, when you consider that there are a billion people in the subcontinent, uh-huh. that's the per capita is going to be low because you have some people make a lot, some people make very little. Yeah. But the median income for the country of India is $612 a year. Wow. Like I said, when you figure there's a lot of people on the low end and a lot of people on the high end and a bunch of people in the middle, but still, $612 a year. That's Crazy. So we are by no means experts. So if you live in India and you have a different perspective or you study this, please feel free yes, to correct us, to talk more. to us, tell us what's going on. This is just observation. Yes, this is solely observation in one town in, in Pune in India. So I, I, it could be different in other areas. Um, the three-hour drive from Mumbai to Pune is this really weird it's – a, it's a highway and you see lots of construction – and seeing it from last year to this year was interesting because it's like, I, okay, I know here when you see like a building going up, if you go from year to year like that, it should be done the next year. Yeah. No, it was no different in some of the places because wow. the projects will run out of money and then um. they stall for years on end. And so someone else comes in and goes, okay, we're going to finish this. Or, you know, there were in cases, some cases where it was obvious that these buildings were very old and had never been finished. Wow. And there were people living in them though. So, like, I've always, I was curious, and, like, we used to travel even when I was getting really sick, and so the last years that we were traveling, I, I really paid attention to what I would see in people who are disabled and how they were doing it. I'm like, I, I want a guideline for how mm-hmm. this is going to go, and when we were in Venice, which was when I was like, there's no fucking way. Yeah, <laughs> like, Venice? Oh, my God. And there are people in wheelchairs. How? I know, right? So, like, I even saw... Because some- whenever you go over the... the- they're all scared. No, yeah. They've never heard of a ramp. In the, and I'm not saying that there should be. Like, I, I vary, like, back and forth on, like, how much you can change a city that's, like, from right. <laughs> centuries old to make it. Like, but I did see, and there's there were people, and they would be going up and down these. Um, if you've ever been to Venice, you know, we're talking about there's steps. There's a flat place, and that's the bridges. It's all yeah. steps and flat. And people were carrying their loved ones in these, these wheelchairs up and down. And, like, okay, first off props awesome super strong spouse by the way yes secondly there's no way i would let someone do that with me i'm like i do not want to go in that water (laughs) for real but it's always interesting to watch um and to look around like in paris i would never see anyone i've gone to paris over and over again in my favorite city um i know he yells at me about this Um, i'm not yelling i just uh, have a different opinion of it because everything makes everything with butter right But I did notice that, like, how I was treated was different in Paris because I'm visibly disabled and I would walk with a cane. And the, it, the amount of, like, care that I received and, like, first off, you didn't pay to go into anything. Like, Ooh. it was completely free if you were disabled. And my friend thought that that was just because they were taking bets on how long I'd be able to make it in a place with no elevators. But it's <laughs> uh, so, like they're all watching and putting money on this. Um, but I was really impressed about that. And, like, the amount of... Um, of concern and help that we received was really a very high level that I certainly don't get here. Right. So I was just curious what like your experiences in these different places, because you were in Sweden and Sweden, Switzerland. Yeah. So England, Sweden, Switzerland, and then India. So did you notice like a difference in attitude towards disability? I in the- didn't see a whole lot. I yeah. mean, cause you know, we were in hotels and in areas that were a little, um, that's the word I want. <laughs> We're going on brain fog, people. <laughs> yeah. Um, so very um, business areas. Yeah. Okay. I see. Because we saying. were doing a lot of business hotels and stuff like this, so it was a lot of business areas. So not a lot more like the residential, right. or suburb, or uh, the only place I really saw that stuff was in Pune. In so India. here's our shout out to you all. If you live in any of these places and you know more about like how disability is handled and treated, we are all ears. We love to hear how yeah. things are going in other places. Yeah, because it's, I mean, just here, like today, I had to go into San Francisco to see my therapist. And out of all the BART stations, only one had a working escalator. (laughs) 
<laughs> and you all wonder why I get stuck here at my house for weeks on end. <laughs> and, in, you know, I'm hearing announcements. Oh, the the elevator's out at this part station. The elevator's out at this part station. So plan accordingly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, someday we're going to have to, like, band together and, like, have it out with Bart for, like, not holding to ADA standards. Well, to be fair... A lot of times what ends up knocking the escalators out is gross. I understand that, but they need to figure that out. (laughs) So for people who don't live here in San Francisco and know what I'm talking about, homeless people will use the escalators as bathrooms. And then the uh, solid material will gum up the works. (laughs) That was said very delicately. Yes, the solid material will gum up the works, and then every so often they have to shut the whole thing down and spend several days cleaning it out. Yes, which absolutely speaks to a whole social issue yes. of like how homeless are treated here in mm. in our our state, which we will someday actually cover. But for yeah. for what we're discussing, the train that we're talking about, Bart, is what links um, all of the East Bay and um, not like, really the South Bay. Actually, but, no, it does get go down to Warm Springs now, so it does actually. And the plan is to link it up to. Um, Amtrak down there so you can get all the way around the bay. Yeah, so I, the, uh, anyway. the um, ability to get around in the Bay Area is appalling, especially if you are disabled. And yes. like what we're talking about with BART is that to go into the city, there's only a few stops. So this is absolutely having to do with travel because some of you guys might want to travel here to San Francisco. And if you're going on the BART train, plenty of them don't have an elevator that's working at that time. And you won't find out till you're on the train. So this yeah, is so just stuff to, to you warn to to you this, guys if you're visiting our lovely city. You need to go to the stop and you get off the train and there's no working elevator there. Yeah. So then you have to either get back on the train, go to a different stop, and then find your way back. Or you, you know, have yeah. to find someone to help you get out. Which is a huge reason why you won't see a lot of people in wheelchairs in San Francisco. Yeah. It is not a friendly city for disability. It, can can't. I mean, it's mm. it's it's mixed. It's a mixed. Bag. I will say that my wheelchair with the little uh, motor on the back of it went mm. all the way straight up Union um, Square. <laughs> like I just booked it. It was my first time on it, so I was like first time driver with this. I'm like scatter people and, scatter and, and female driver. Oh oh, if I could, if I wouldn't dislocate my wrist, shoulder, and thumb by punching you, I totally would. You were the one said first time driver. I just had to go there. Yeah, you really went there. That was bad, <laughs> bad curious. Okay, so tell me more about. Um, so, uh, one thing I want to talk about before I forget is, um, when we travel, I always try, um, and David is very good about making sure that we have, you know, you always want to seem to like get, get as much in as possible while you're traveling, you know, go see this, go, go to this. We have learned over the years, schedule a down day where you don't mm. do anything. It's a day to rest. You know, if they want to go out, I'm going to stay in the hotel room or I'm going to stay wherever we're staying and I'm going to rest. They're going to go out. They're going to go get food, whatever, and bring it back to me so that I can have a day where I'm not walking my ass off. I'm just letting my feet rest. And those are lifesavers. You know, I know when you're traveling, you want to get everything in as you possibly can, but don't overdo it because if you burn yourself out, then the plane ride home is going to be that much worse <laughs> and you're going to be come home and you're going to need a vacation from your vacation. Yeah. Well, so. and to be fair, your vacation was not laying in, on a beach somewhere yeah. and soaking in sun. I mean, you were moving the whole time. Mm-hmm. He's, I think he actually included his step counts in the blog. So. I, I counted how, the distance I walked. Yeah. Wow. You're, you guys are going to be impressed. He, he yeah. booked I think, it. I think one of the days was six plus miles. Yeah. <laughs> and here I'm whining like, I don't know if I can make it to the kitchen. <laughs> well, so this is something I didn't know going into this because, I, I mean, I had never been to this place in Switzerland. I'd never been to Sweden before. Either one. Oh. Those are both brand new places for me to go. Um, and um, I was talking about how, you know, we walked around in Switzerland and the we walked past the place we're going and then all this other stuff back around. But Sweden, you land in the airport. The airport is this huge sprawling complex. Hmm. <laughs> There is a train station attached to it. So we had to take the train up to Uppsala, this little town we were going to. So we go through this long, windy, 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 you know, to get to the train station part of the airport. Then we go through the train station. Then it's a 20-minute ride. And then the train station at the other end is this long, sprawling complex, too, that we walked through, 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 and then out a door. And when we walked the door, our hotel was literally across the street. Oh, my God. But, I mean, when we walked back to the hotel... 
it was either that night or the night in Stockholm. One of the two nights we walked, oh, it was Stockholm. We walked to where we were going underground in this, because it's all underground, this, mm-hmm. this, this sprawling train station. We decided to walk back above ground. It was four blocks, Jesus. four city blocks. But it's all underground, so you just don't know where you're at. Mm-hmm. You're just walking down this hallway that just keeps going and going and going and going. <laughs> that was crazy. So, yeah, it's, it's like, like Inception. aren't we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? <laughs> oh, you would be fun. <laughs> yeah. I didn't really do that, but I'm just like, that was what's going on in my yeah. head. It's like, oh, my God, are we there yet? How much further? God. So, yeah, um, that was something I wasn't prepared for. And I did actually, when we were in Sweden, venture out twice to do things. I, once there was a museum that they'd gone to when, when David and Scott had gone there before. And I had to go see it because they were saying it was so cool. So I went to see it. And I should have probably caught a cab, but I walked. Mm, um, optimism will bite you in the ass. Well, I, I, I was smart, though. Okay. So I went down to the hotel concierge. And I asked about places to get a massage mm-hmm. nearby. Because, again, this is Sweden. They don't speak – not everywhere speaks English. <clears throat> and they helped me find a place. And I mapped it out. And it was – the place – the museum was like three blocks past where I had to go for the massage anyway. So I just walked over to the museum then walked back the three blocks to get the massage and then walked back from there. So I got a massage in there too <laughs> to help with my feet. That helps. I, I planned it. Um, but the funniest thing that we, I did the whole vacation is when we were in Stockholm, we went to the ABBA museum. Oh, that's the most hilarious thing ever. I can't wrap my brain around what that would be like. The thing that I wasn't prepared for with that. And so Mm -hmm. again, this is, you know, if I had gone online and looked it up, I would have known there are no seats anywhere inside. Did you bring your little sitting thing? It was like almost two hours on my feet. Mm. Step, 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 stop. Listen, because it's all these little like exhibits. Step, 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 stop. Did you get to do Jessica dancing while you were there? Actually, yes. I knew it. They Tell have me a, there's video. There is. <gasps> That's going to go up on the no, blog. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it, it isn't. It has to. Everyone, no. writing campaign right now. No. Make Kira's fit this up. I don't have it. <laughs> I was up on, I was up there they have a thing where they have the four cast members and it's all like a projected thing and you go up and stand with them and you sing along and they video it. That is awesome. The, the, I don't have access to it. David filmed it. And so I, 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 I would have to I get will, him. I will no, be you talking won't. to your husband. No, you won't. I will, I will hurt you. He has a video of me like going like straight down the road, like in my wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> I think so, we can put up our embarrassing videos. Come no. on. The people want it. No, they don't. No, they don't. They don't want to see this. They don't want to see me if they're singing tweet and dancing. Tweet it. Tweet it. Uh, they don't want to see me if they're singing and dancing to ABBA songs. <laughs> that sounds like a blast. Um, it was. Painful, but Painful. a blast. Um, so, yeah. Um, we left there, and he wanted to walk down by the water. And I'm like, I'm not in any shape to walk down by the water, but you want to? Okay, honey, I'll do it. Oh, yeah. Oh, by the time we, a beautiful thing. By the time we got back to the hotel, I was not happy. And then we still had to go through the back through the maze of corridors and the um train station and back to the oh yeah i was uh, i was not in good shape when we got back to london (laughs) so yeah because the trip was san francisco a 10-hour flight to london like an hour and a half flight from london to basel basel to switzerland was or to sweden was like two hours Another two hours or so back to London. Mm-hmm. Then, then it was twelve hours from London to Mumbai. Wow! And then Mumbai to Newark was sixteen hours, and then Newark to San Francisco was seven hours. So getting home was twenty-eight hours. Jesus! And he even offered to like stop by after he flew home to like help me out with the sound issue on one of the podcasts. Like, yeah, dedication here. Yeah, well, partly dedication, partly somebody was being very guilty about it. I need help. Can you do this? I'm like, I'm about to get on a flight for 16 hours. I'll download it and I'll see if I can work on it on the plane. (laughs) He's not being snarky or evil to me at all during this this little recording. I was, knew I was going to be in pain for a 16 hour (laughs) flight and I'm getting this desperate, you know, I'm literally like five minutes from leaving my room 
when she's messaging me because I'm 12 hours out from her. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, can you work on this? I'm like, okay, let me download it real quick because I'm about to go to get on a plane. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> As I don't get enough shit from my teenager, I'm going to get this from him now. Okay. Yes. Adorable. Um, so one last thing I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have any kind of food allergies, stuff like this. One of the things that I started doing a couple years ago when we were traveling and I realized I was going to places where I don't speak the language. Mm-hmm. How do I communicate to a server mm-hmm. that I have mm-hmm. a dairy allergy when we don't speak the same language? So how'd that go? So what or I was did. was the absolute worst case of charades? No. What I did was I planned in advance. Ah. Um, Spanish, I speak decent of Spanish on my own that I can handle if I'm mm-hmm. going to speak Spanish. But when we went to France first time, I knew they put butter and everything. So what I did is one of – I. I there are forums online you can find. Um, if worst case scenario, go to Google Translate. Put in exactly what you like. I can't. Like I can't eat butter, milk, cream, cheese, yogurt. Mm-hmm. Put it through Google Translate into the language you're going to. Yeah. Print it out. Put it on a card. Oh, laminate so smart. it. I laminate it that way, and I I usually carry two or three of them in case I give it to a server and they don't give it back to me. <laughs> That's happened. <laughs> Um, and so now I have cards for uh, Turkish, French, Italian, Hindi, um, German. That I just I, I I keep them now in my little my desk drawer, so that when I know I'm going somewhere, I just put those in. Thank God for Google Translate. That's <laughs> and, and in most of, in most of the cases, because David has a lot of people at his company that are from all over the world mm-hmm. that are dual language. I've been able to get a native speaker to translate it for me. That is nice. Um, but the Hindi, I didn't. I, I actually just have Google Translate on that one. But it's I have it there so that I can um, hand it to, when I go to when I go out to eat. I hand that to the server and say here, and then you know, depending on the restaurant whether they speak some English, I can kind of get my point across. Mm-hmm. But it's it saved me so many times because. You know, oh, oh, because when I first went to when I, we first went to Turkey that time, I completely forgot about yogurt, and they use a lot of yogurt mm. in Turkish food. Yes, um, same with Hindu mm-hmm. uh, in India. They use a lot of a lot of ghee, which I didn't put down ghee specifically the first when I first thought about it. Um, and it was the native speaker that was translating for me that said, "Oh yeah, you also want to worry about yogurt. You also want to worry about ghee, and so make sure those get into the translate." Um, but I know I've searched online. There are sometimes forums where you can go and people have listed out in the native language. You can just copy and paste it and make the cards. And that's a lifesaver when you have any kind of dietary that issue. Is seriously good. And we'll, we'll link Google Translate in there too. Yeah. So, I mean, those are the things that, that I have dealt with um, getting around, um, trying to travel. A, a lot of it comes down to plan. Yeah. Plan in advance. Know where you're going and make sure you plan by ordering any kind of special meals on the plane. Um, Make sure that you can actually order those wheelchairs so that they'll pick you up. As soon as you drop your luggage off, they'll pick you up and take you from there. It's your very first point of moving. That is the going theory. Um, Global entry and TSA pre-check to get through the lines faster. Um, If you can't get a special meal, get your food. And take it on the plane with you. Um, once you get to your destination, or I mean, still on planning, um, any kind of translated things you need to know. Even if it's sometimes not necessarily even dietary, but if you have special needs you need, something like this, have it translated. Um, I had someone, because I, I take pills every day, so I have a pill organizer. And I, I don't take the entire bottle with me. And I, someone said, oh, you should really take the whole bottle with you. What I do is I have my pill organizer with all my pills in it. And then I took pictures of every pill with the bottle so you can see what the pill looks like. The pill's sitting next to the bottle. smart. So that if they ever ask, well, what are all these pills? I can go through my phone and say, okay, here's this pill. Here's the yeah. bottle. Here's the prescription bottle for it. And this is all the stuff I take. That way I don't have to take all these like massive amount of bottles. But I can, I can show them. I make sure that the, the thing with my name and the, what it is – is in full view and the pill is sitting next to it. That is really smart. That, that's I didn't even think about that smart. when I was t- when I was making the notes for this episode, but I just remembered that I do that. That is that's clever. So that I have proof that these are all things I, I have to take. Because yeah, for- it's actually supposed to be like 
not legal to take your pills out and to not have your pill bottle with you. You right. can actually get in trouble for that. I've never been stopped. I, I haven't either. Um, I, I know people even travel with their um, medical greenery and don't worry about it. And I'm yeah, like, I, I am way too paranoid I, yeah, for that. Yeah, I'm too paranoid for that one. Mm-hmm. But, but I, I travel with my, my bottles. But I think maybe I'll try your way. That sounds much easier on my luggage. And it, it's, it's I, like I said, I've never been stopped yet. And, I, and it goes, I always make sure that my pills go in my um, luggage that I'm carrying, not my check luggage. Yeah. Because I need to make sure oh, that if my yeah. if check luggage gets lost and I don't have my pills, no, no, that doesn't happen. That is some great advice, everyone. I, I, I never check luggage. I, I've never checked a bag in my oh, life. I, I, I check luggage all the time. It's just... You absolutely have to keep your pills on you. You cannot yes. let that go below the plane. <laughs> yes, because it might. someone might see it and think, ooh, hey, pills. Uh, especially mine. <laughs> yeah. So... You know, that's I do that so that I, if there ever is a question, I have all of that to show what each one thing is that's in there. Yeah, and I even have that for the um, aspirin that I carry, so that it's you know what this pill is. Yeah, that's clever. That's I had never thought of doing that before. Um, so we're about out of time here. We are. Um, and you're out of insults for me, so that's good. Oh come on. <laughs> So I don't know. What this is this uh, insults. This is her getting revenge at me for traveling and her being stuck in bed this whole time. Oh, I know. It actually was pretty sad. I was stuck most of the time. <laughs> Ground. Um. So that's that's it that's for it. now. Um. The like I said, the blog blog posts are going to start um next week. Yeah. Be Tuesdays and Thursdays, and it's just going to be one day at a time. You'll see one full day of what I dealt with. One full day of what I dealt with. And so we're wrapped up here. We are. And our next um, next episode will be a mini episode on things you can do from bed. Because I had so much experience <laughs> with that over the last five months. So I will be giving you some, some hints on what to do if you get stuck for whatever reason. And I would love advice. If any of you have things that really work for you, please tweet yes. it at me. Email me. I'm very findable. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we're always looking um, for ways to help people deal with their issues, deal with the ups and downs of <laughs> chronic illness. Oh, yes. So, yeah, definitely contact us, tweet us, let us know what you think, give us feedback, give us ratings on iTunes and oh, other places, Oh, say embarrassingly please. nice things about us on iTunes and subscribe. And also, please send us out to someone you think this could help. Or yeah. if you want to explain chronic illness to someone in yes. words that aren't your own. We're happy to speak for you if you need that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if you think they'll deal with us. So until next week. Be kind. Be gentle. And be a badass. And be a fucking badass. Thank you so much for listening to this week's Invisible Not Broken. Take a minute and send out this podcast to someone you think who might enjoy it, might be traveling soon, or just someone you would like to know a little bit more about chronic or invisible illness. Have a wonderful week and tune in next week.